Hi, this is Susan Graham, and you're listening to my friend Christian on the famous CBH podcast. Yes, you are. Good morning. Good morning from sunny Chicago, Monday, September 19th. Uh, I think I only got two more shows left. Is that right? I think we're doing five. I think we're doing five, but I'm getting paid for six. Ask me how that works. That's fun. Mm. The other night we had our um, second Ernani. Man, the crowd was like 60%. Mm. I just got to tell it the way it is. That's the way it was. The crowd was at 60%. After no fewer than 10 incredible reviews, not that that seems to ever matter, uh, um, but, um, yeah, 60%, I would say. And a lot of it was papered. Uh, anyway, show gets out, uh, making my way towards the stage door to leave. And suddenly there's like a bomb going off out in the street. It sounded like a bomb. People were shouting, what was that? What was that? You know, and there was kind of running. Well, turns out it's Mexican independence day. Who knew? I did not know. <laughs> I would never ever have scheduled an opera performance for Mexican Independence Day. What, what happens on Mexican Independence Day in Chicago? Let me describe to you. Uh, Chicago is a, more or less a grid. The downtown area called the Loop is a grid and a road that kind of goes around it, um, if you can imagine. And so um, effectively, you just have this long rectangle of, of uh, traffic. Most of it's one way. Some of it's two-way. The larger streets are two-ways. It seemed like the only cars on the street were people um, sitting in the windows of their cars and out the moonroofs and out the back hatches um, waving Mexican flags and um, having a parade. This is about 10 o'clock at night, 10, 10.30 at night. Thousands and thousands of cars, people celebrating... Mexican Independence Day, which I had no idea was even a thing. No. <laughs> that That's my ignorance right there. I didn't know we celebrated our Independence Days in foreign countries, I, but I, I, apparently we do. Um, I don't know. I never imagined celebrating the 4th of July out loud in a foreign country, but so be it. Um, thousands and thousands of cars. They're all blaring their horns or blowing into horns that make a lot of racket and people hanging out of the cars, a lot of drinking, a lot of open container. <laughs> this is where the trouble starts, people. Um, uh, but, you know, just laying on the horns and, and um, hanging out the windows. And if you can imagine, shooting off fireworks uh, between the sky rises here in Chicago. This is not like open air. This is, this is fireworks that don't go above, you know, 10 or 12 stories, and then they explode. Humongous firework explosions coming out of the back of cars and pickup trucks and things like that. And there was no rhyme or reason to it. They were just going off. And it, it sounded like uh, what I would imagine a war zone to sound like. It was chaotic. It was, it was um, disorienting. We didn't know which way was, was up, and it was just sort of like shouting at each other, trying to like figure out how the hell to get out of there. You know, we could tell it was a happy occasion, but it, was felt, it felt extremely dangerous and wild. I mean, just wild. The poor police, and I only saw three, 
had no chance, zero chance of regulating or enforcing or there was nothing but absolute gridlock. Nobody was moving and just the firework horn blaring party. It was nuts. It was nuts. They were having a good time. That's for sure. Um, I didn't notice any violence at all. I certainly, I, I felt threatened by fireworks. I felt threatened by cars in the intersection when we're trying to leave. And in fact, I stepped into an intersection. Um, sounds like somebody coming in. I stepped into uh, uh, an intersection only to be yanked back by my friend because I was stepping in front of a car that was going through the red. Um, I mean, that was a, that, my heart was pounding after that. It was actually a little, little too close for comfort. But it was, it, was, um, it was mayhem. And I can't even imagine what the people leaving the opera house had to go through. Because if you were in one of the parking garages, you were screwed screwed it was going to take hours for you to get home i i can't even believe what i was looking at and i'm not really sure what you can do you can't stop people from driving on streets um it went on until 2 30 in the morning the fireworks and the and the traffic jam that that seemed to be about the the extent of it i don't know what time it started but certainly at some point during the opera it started and it went on for four five six hours just you know i'm all for celebrating but the idea of sitting in a vehicle in traffic blaring a horn for a couple of hours is not fun. That doesn't sound like fun at all. It doesn't sound like, it wasn't like a parade where there's people watching and you're like going by, waving or having an interaction. It was nothing like that. It was just traffic jam, flag waving, firework mayhem. Uh, it, was, it was nuts. Many businesses had just closed up. They weren't going to deal with any of it. And, and um you know, the walk home was just so disorienting, and you couldn't, you couldn't get away from it. It was every street was just gridlock of this celebration. And I feel like I'm an old man where I'm just like, oh, what the hell is all this about? You know, that kind of mentality. But um, like I said, I didn't notice any violence. I didn't notice any sort of destruction. There was no looting of any kind. But uh, I did happen to see two independent fires that were happening from fireworks, you know, along the... Some of the major streets here, they've got trees and bushes and flower beds that sort of line the, line the sidewalk. And these fireworks were landing in there and turning into a fire. I mean, there was more than one. And, and um, that, felt, that felt reckless. The firework part was reckless. But also, I don't really understand why you wouldn't just go somewhere, you know, and have the big party. Like, just be in a central area. We've got big parks here. We, got, we have nice, not nice, but we have beaches here. You know, there's places where you could go and just have your... Your wild party with fireworks and probably get a permit and all that stuff. But this was just, let's tie up traffic. Uh, <laughs> not my idea of fun. But they were having a blast, so God bless. <laughs> to each his own. Whoever scheduled a performance for this evening should be fired. <laughs> because all we did was turn off our entire audience to the process. Because if they only come out once a year or twice a year and you just cause them two hours to get home, this is a nightmare. Uh, this is the kind of thing that needs to be considered. I, I can't believe we had a performance. You know, I sang a performance here the night Obama won uh, the presidency in 2008. And there was a party in Grant Park, and I was living over by Grant Park, and, and we had a performance that night. And there were people there. The crowd was good that night, even though everybody was sort of watching the results of the election. And, and being in Chicago, this was Obama's town. It, was, it seemed particularly like a Chicago party. But there was no traffic over by the Opera House. It was all over in Grant Park where, they were, where he was going to give a speech afterwards. And, and, and uh, 
you know, celebrate over there. But um, I can't remember mayhem. I mean, that, that was the last time, 2008, was that heavy mayhem. And this is, this is Mexican Independence Day, which in 19 years of, of living and working in Chicago, I never experienced. I never heard of it. I never saw it. I was never caught in it. And I've done 10 opening nights here, you know, this time of year where you would at least have heard about it. I don't, I don't know what the, this is a new thing with the traffic. <laughs> it was a bummer. <laughs> uh, I'm staring at my window down at Daly Plaza and there's, there's, um, seems to be lots of cheering going on. Who knows? There's always something going on. Chicago's a very active town and Chicago is really starting to feel like New York did when I was a kid. And the few times that I went into Manhattan as a kid, there was an element of danger. If you walk through uh, Times Square in the 80s, it, there was an element of danger. There were still lots of porn shops and, and, and liquor stores and, and adult movie theaters and prostitutes. And there, were, there was an element of New York that felt dirty and dangerous. And that's not to say that was a bad thing. That's just what it was. Uh, and, and Chicago is starting to have that feeling once again. The, the homeless are more aggressive. I have to feel that COVID was not good for the homeless. Uh, well, it wasn't good for anybody, but particularly for people who sort of live on the, donate, the cash donations of, of tourists and people walking by, and that just, you know, that just went away. And so the, the, the homeless situation in Chicago, which has always been not good, um, uh, is, is uh, elevated. It's escalated. The, the, the temperament is... A, it's just one to make you nervous. There's more people barking in the streets, if you know what I mean. Seemed like, you know, it, 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 it really depends city to city. Um, Chicago, I never felt uh, junkies. I'm sure there are some, but I never really felt their presence like you do in San Francisco or L.A. where you see these walking zombies. You know, or you go down Skid Row and you just see a sea of people who are standing, but they're not really there. They're kind of like in a zombie state. Uh, you never get that sense here in Chicago. Chicago was a was more people pushing carts, sleeping under bridges, sleeping in doorways kind of a feeling. It was less threatening, but, but it seems like now those, those, um, the temperament has changed. It's just escalated a little bit. It's a little more aggressive. And so Chicago's starting to feel like that to me. It's starting to have that New York sense of danger, which at times can frankly be very exciting. You know, It just feels like it's alive in a way, but other times you're just like, oh, what's this poor guy? He's screaming at the wall. What, what's happening right now? You know? Always makes people nervous, and I and I'm a big guy, and 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 I don't feel threatened, and I can only imagine what a smaller person or woman or child uh, must feel like when those guys start going, because it it's um it's clear that they're Looney Tunes, and in a in a liberal city like Chicago, you think there might be more resources or we might be able to help them uh, more, but that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be escalated. Um, I don't know. I, there's few people I can't stand worse than Rudy Giuliani, but the man cleaned up New York, and, and I, feel like, um, I feel like Chicago needs some kind of heavy-handed mayor to come in and reclaim downtown because um, it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not under control, I would say. And, and people on the news love to give Chicago a bad rap, and really, you know, it's not nearly as bad as they would have you believe on the television. Uh, but in the loop, in the downtown area, it's more aggressive than I can remember uh, in, in, in 20 years of working here. Does anybody care? <laughs> that's my, that's my um, experience so far. We've had two. I think they're amazing. I think we got a great show. 
Uh, Ernani is just not one of these sexy titles that's going to sell a lot of tickets, I think. And so they tried to make up for that with cast, and, and I'm, not, I'm not sure what's happening, but I think there needs to be a major reassessment of the audience uh, here in Chicago because um, something's getting missed. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> Opening show of the season, there was almost no fanfare. There was almost no advertising. They're, they're pushing this musical theater show. We just can't help to feel like you're getting pushed out. That's the way it is. It feels like opera is getting pushed out of Chicago. And, um, you know, there, there is an audience here. And for some reason, they're frustrated to come out over there. And, and usually what happens in these moments is other things start to pop up. Um, and, and the shift focus and the zeitgeist changes. And that, that may be what we're on the precipice of. Um, I'm not sure. It's talked about a lot. It's talked about a lot among the singers and, and, um, and the landscape change of it. It's not to say we have to stay in the old model. Certainly we have to adapt. Audiences have changed. COVID changed people. There's a lot of things that are different. But um, you know, it's, a, it's a trend that is unfortunate. I love you for listening. Thanks for sticking with me in my... In my um, not my fickleness, but my, my undisciplined approach to this podcast, uh, where, where for almost two years I was incredibly disciplined. And um, my, my focuses as of late are, are in other places, and, I'm, and I'm, I put a lot of my energies into my other things that I've got going on. And, and so, um, uh, you know, something usually has to give. Um, and it's not that I wanted it to be this, but it's just sort of happened by default. And there's got to be a hundred hours of me talking out here. Like, surely you're getting sick of me. The, <laughs> the downloads wouldn't tell me that, but I, I'm sick of listening to me. <laughs> uh, but on and on we go. Uh, I, I, I haven't even made an attempt to have somebody come up here, although I probably should. I'll get my buddy Quinn up here. We'll, get, we'll have one of those debauchery nights. Everybody, have a great week. Uh, I think we're going to probably see you on Thursday, all right? Thanks. Bye. Standing in line to see the show tonight And there's a light on Heavy glow By the way I tried to say I'd be there Waiting for Danny the girl is singing songs to me Beneath the marquee Overload
Waiting for 